Hello, and welcome to Already Saturday. Oh, it's Already Saturday. Welcome to it. Um, I'm Phoebe. I'm Nathan. We're your hosts. We're two du- two journalists from Sydney. <laughs> it's not like you're about to say two dirtbags. <laughs> We're just two dirtbags from Sydney. Well, both things are true. How are yeah. you, Nathan? I'm good. How are you going since I saw you in the lounge room about... <laughs> 10 to 15 minutes ago. I'm good. I'm good. I'm on holidays, so I'm better than most. You know, when you just get a random holiday for no reason, well, that's me. Well, you booked it so far ahead that you forgot it was coming up. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. the true you. Surprise holiday. Um, So do you want to get into it? Do you want to entertain everyone? First topic. Okay. So Adam Levine has done an interview where he's lamented that there's no bands anymore. Um, in an interview with um, Zane Lowe from Apple Music, he said, quote, I feel like there aren't any bands anymore, you know? Um, <laughs> I mean, he's in a band. I like that they quoted his, you know. <laughs> you know, you got to do that. You got to keep the, you got to keep the quote full. Um, and then he said, that's the thing that makes me kind of sad is that there were just bands. There's no bands anymore. And I feel like they're a dying breed. Um so this has sort of attracted some attention. Um, what, him saying there's no bands anymore? <laughs> wonder why that would be. Yeah, well, the New York Post um, had a good article that said, um, Adam Levine laments there's no bands anymore despite Maroon 5. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, he is in one of the biggest bands in the world, so it is a bit of a strange comment. I mean, I, just, I did just read that Maroon 5 went recently went on a four-year hiatus and then they came back and released um, a single with M- Megan the Stallion. I mean, that single was released a little while ago, but I mean, maybe he's, I think basically the way some people interpreted this is that he doesn't listen to any music and that he's, his finger is just not on the pulse and he doesn't care. I mean, if you make a comment like that, um, you know, you you don't know of any bands. It's not that they don't exist. Um, so what do you think, Nathan? Well, first of all, is it Levine or Levine? <laughs> what have I been saying? You've been saying Levine, and I've actually never heard it said. I assume it's Levine, but I think that's because of Avril Levine. So ah. maybe that's why that sounds natural to me. Anyway, what I think is, I mean, he's kind of right in terms of popular culture. Mm-hmm. I think what he's talking about is there's no more rock music anymore. Rock and roll's not on the radio. That's kind of what I think he's saying. Like, it's popular, like, it's either female artists, hip-hop artists of, you know, male and female. It's people like Bieber and Ed Sheeran. It's singer-songwriter stuff or female pop stuff or This is what I was thinking. I think he's sort of been, um, I think he might have been misinterpreted. Well, he maybe not misinterpreted. I think he may have just not expressed what he was trying to say very well. And we've talked about this before that rock music is, um, you know, I think you said it's sort of receded from the culture. Yeah, which is true. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at the charts, there's not much rock music on it ever. And I think what he says is kind of right. Like if you think of the biggest bands in the world at the moment, like we won't put Maroon 5 in with those, but it's Foo Fighters, it's Red Hot Chili Peppers, it's Coldplay. It's all these bands that peaked 20 or 30 years ago that are into U2, like in terms of ticket sales, in terms of record sales. Like if we're talking a band, like you wouldn't include, say, 
Wu Tang, for example. That's not a band. Like mm-hmm. he's talking about a, a four member rock band. Yeah. Guitar, bass, drums. That, um, that's what he's talking about. And when I think of, you know, who. Marimba. Who, who the biggest like contemporary rock band are at the moment? I I think it's probably Tame Impala. I'm sure there are others. I'm not. I'm really not that cool. But the thing about a contemporary rock band is that they're just not at the front, the forefront of the culture. That you yeah. know, the people at the forefront of the culture are rappers, and they're and they're you know solo female singers or even solo male singers like I don't know Post Malone. Or something. Yeah, Ed Sheeran. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's grim. But I mean, people love him. I shouldn't say that. He's great. But well, yeah, we actually I asked a friend that works at Aria. I asked two friends that work at Aria who they consider like the biggest artist at the moment is. Like in terms of music, in mm-hmm. terms of record sales. So is this like objectively? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if you wanted to use data, I mm-hmm. suppose. Mm-hmm. And one of them, Denny, he led me to this page that it actually got published today, the Global Recording Artist of the Year Award, which is the IFPA, basically like it's based on collection agencies and streaming data and that. So it's the biggest artist in the world for a calendar year. So for 2020, who do you think it was? Oh. Now, this isn't touring. This is just like pure streaming sales records. Like it's at the end of the day, which artist got listened to legally the most? Well, 2020 was a weird year. I mean, maybe yeah. it was some vintage artist and people were, I mean, maybe it was Ben Lee for that All In This Together song, but was it Paul McCartney or something? Was it um, Fleetwood Mac? I don't know. No, well, I'll tell you the years leading up. So 2013, it was One Direction. Mm-hmm. 2014, it was Taylor Swift. 2015, it was Adele. So you kind of get the kind of artist. It's basically the biggest of the year. 2016, it was Drake. 2017, it was Ed Sheeran. 2018, I was Drake again. 2019, I was Taylor again. Taylor Hanson, of course. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Taylor Dane <laughs> was the most streamed artist of 2019. Nathan is just such a huge Hanson fan. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> it's crazy. We'll and... be discussing them on later shows. <laughs> yeah. Let's get Zach in here. <laughs> anyway, it's someone that you won't think of in a million years. So I'll just tell you. Mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. 2020, it was BTS. Oh, yeah. I mean, that doesn't surprise me, No, to be and it makes sense. Like, when he told me, I went, oh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And that those figures were published, like, on Friday. So. They fully hit the sort of, like, white mainstream as well. I mean, you hear sort of older male, like, late show hosts say that they love BTS now. So they've they've sort of fully infiltrated, you know, all, all facets of culture, which is great. And they are so cool i love them. i love them even like i'm i'm a dork and i'm still not sure i've them. heard a single note of a single song to be honest and I no to. i mean we have talked about this that they are really just so much like the backstreet boys it's it's very familiar you know it's it's not something that that hasn't been sort of done before it's a it's the boy band thing and and they their songs are really good they're objectively very good so yeah um i mean the only other thing i really have to say about that is that um, I do understand what Adam Levine was saying, Levine <laughs> was saying, um, I mean, I, I just think about how Maroon, Maroon 5 got the, um, the Super Bowl performance and it was controversial. They were criticized for it. I mean, people didn't really want them to perform. No, they um, don't really hit that NFL 
market, do they? Well, I mean, I suppose not anymore. It's more something that you that you see a, a female sol- solo artist playing out with like a bevy of other artists sort of performing around them. But I was looking at, you know, the list of people who have performed at the Super Bowl recently and it, it really is a, a long list of solo performers, solo female performers sort of seems to be the norm now. I mean, The weekend did it this year, but last year was Shakira and J-Lo. And then throughout the um, 2010s, you know, Coldplay did it one year, but that's sort of the only band from all the Black Eyed Peas did it in 2011 and The Who in 2010. But then the rest of the 2010s, it's like Madonna, Beyonce, Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, Justin Timberlake. And then, but if you go back to the 2000s, it was, it was all band. It's like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. The Rolling Stones, Paul McCartney, Shania Twain and No Doubt, you too. So you can sort of see how there has, over 20 years, there's been this massive shift away from rock bands at sort of the peak of the cult, the culture of pop culture. And I mean, the Super Bowl halftime show is sort of the pinnacle of pop culture in, yeah. in many ways. Um, Prince so, played a guitar yeah, and covered the Foo Fighters. That, he knew what you were meant to do. Um, shall we move on? Yeah, let's move on. Okay, so this is one of my favourite things from the week. There's a former Home and Away actor who is very angry. The writers have named a new character after a character that she used to play. I don't know if I explained that very well. The actor's name is Christy Wright and she used to play a character called Chloe and she's written this long Instagram post saying that they've basically disrespected her and stolen her essence, her legacy. She used the word legacy. So here's what Christy Wright wrote on Instagram. Um, Hey, at home and away, she tagged home and away. Um, Hey, at home and away, I hear there is a new Chloe joining the show. Strange choice in character name, considering I played Chloe for five years. Have you run out of names or did you just forget? I mean, I know my Chloe is dead and can't return, but it would have been nice of you to have allowed me to keep Chloe as my own legacy, especially after five years of putting my heart and soul into a character. I've got to say, it kind of sucks. Oh well, hashtag forgotten, hashtag legacy, hashtag Chloe who. So, yeah, she... she, (laughs) I love it, and I agree with her. Well, she got a lot of likes she got more than 700 likes and a lot of former home and away and current home and away actors showed us some love and support um so a very famous actor deborah lawrence who played pippa in home and away and played rose in amazing series please like me she she commented on it with her blue tick she wrote only one chloe for me and the hands up kissy emojis and um Rebecca Emilogaloo, she wrote, Christy, I hear you. They brought in a character called Sophie quite a few weeks, quite a few years after I left. And I remembered thinking it was a strange choice as my character was hugely popular and a large part of me. Strange, huh? And 
Lynn McGranger. Sorry, I've been Irene. Lynn McGranger. Irene. Still on the show, right, Nathan? Yeah, yeah. Longest serving cast member. She wrote, I haven't forgotten you, lovely. Pretty sure a photo of Chloe is still on my shelf. Oh, it's a lot. It's like tea. Yeah, I love it. As they say. (laughs) By the way, Alf Stewart's the longest cast member. Right. Not not Irene. I got that wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Quick fact check. Yeah. So I reckon, like, I get what she's saying. I used to love the character of Chloe. If you talk about Chloe from Home and Away, people from, you know, a cross-section of about, you know, three different generations will know who you're talking about. And it wasn't that long ago. And I don't know, as as she said, you can pick other names. And this actually happened to me when I used to, like, in the <laughs> 80s, I was on Neighbours and I played a character called Toadfish Rebecca. <laughs> and then they, they brought back another guy with that name. And I thought, come on. <laughs> You can pick another name. You do look like Toadfish. It's <laughs> See, it's true. Um, he doesn't really look like Toadfish at all. Um, but I was on Neighbours in the 80s. I mean, it's a lot. But also, I, I can understand how that would really hurt. It's hard. Workplaces are hard. They're a hard thing to navigate and negotiate. And sometimes you feel hurt and disrespected by things that I mean, they might not have been intended to hurt you. People just don't think about you and then it's so hard. But I also think that being an actor is just probably one of the most devastating and, you know, um, confidence-crushing types of careers. Absolutely. And I think good on her for, you know, speaking her truth. I think it's being an actor is probably a process of, like, having to crush your feelings all the time and... I can sort of understand why every now and then they just sort of, you just want to say how you feel. Yeah. And I do like the thing that I found the most interesting was the other actresses that came in and went like the Laura Vaquez who played Sarah back in the, I'd say around 93, 94. Mm -hmm. She wrote on there just saying, yeah, I felt the same way a few years later when they brought in a Sarah and same as like Rebecca Emilogaloo who yeah, they all feel said that like way. they brought in another Sophie. So for one thing, the writers of Home and Away must only know 15 names because it keeps happening. But it's a funny, weird thing, isn't it? I do understand why they would feel like they're being erased. Yeah. I think it's worse when they bring in someone else to play the character, like a different actor. That would mm. feel worse. But... You know, so many of the fans said that they agreed as well. I, I think agree. There was really only like one commenter who said, oh, I think you're overthinking it, but really like so many comments saying like, this is, I, you know, I think this is terrible and I'm on your side. And Well, back in the day, there was a character called Will and his surname was Smith. And so he was called Will Smith on Home Away. And then the actor Will Smith blew up and now no one's talking about his character. So <laughs> he got it worse. That is... That is really tough. Yeah, and there's a new kid in the bay this week, so check it out. The, a young kid called Alf is coming in. So. <laughs> this podcast is coming to you from the <laughs> mid-80s. Closer each day. Home and Away is an interesting show, just quickly. It rates really well, and yeah. it's just consistently really popular. I mean, obviously it's it's interesting because of how the huge amount of stars, it's Hollywood stars that it's spawned, but I hate that we're spawned, I always say it. But um but it's it's just so popular. You know, yeah. despite it being sort of it's just a soap, but it's a you know, 
it's firstly it's, it's not just a soap. Sorry, Second, Nathan's a fan. Secondly, um, yeah, it's always top ten, like always top ten. Where it's like the news, the other news, the other news. Married at first sight, home and away. Mm. Today, tonight. Nathan's such a fan of home and away that he um, gets angry when the tennis is on because <laughs> it stops home and away being on. So. It's true. Next topic. Um. Or you got more more on Home and Away? No, that's it. Seth Rogen, Hollywood actor, has launched his own weed company. It's not uh, <laughs> it's not a CBD company or a wellness company in any way. He's just selling like hunk, hunk, hunks of weed that you can smoke Nuggets. in a bong. Yeah. So if you want some of that, he is parked in the car park out the back of the Safeway on the corner of. I also feel like in in his announcement of this weed company, he was so emotional. Weed is really his passion. It's his life's passion. It's his meal ticket. He's written like a big movie, but it was like an action film, that movie. I've forgotten the name of the film. Um, Pineapple Express. Yeah, an action film um, that James Franco was in that was just about getting high, really, that movie. Um, but he's, he said that he spent 10... 10 years ago working on this company almost he wrote on instagram almost 10 years ago i envisioned having my own weed company and today i can announce that my company houseplants weed will be available in california soon next week soon also houseplant is making lovely house goods like ashtrays lighters lamps and yes even ceramics so basically there's like two tins, um, an orange tin, which has sativa, sativa and a purple tin with indica, which, uh, I don't really know what that means. Is, are they different types of weed or? Yeah. For the anyway, let's not advertise weed on well, our podcast. I'm, but yeah. I'm just trying to describe what it is, but the, they're also selling like big, really big lighters that are like a box and then you'd like touch a button and, and a light, a light comes out. I mean, a flame comes out. Um, which he describes, he sort of said in a video that like he loses his lighters all the time. So, he, you know, for the... So he needs a firebox on the table. <laughs> it's like so big that you can't lose it, which yeah. I think if you're smoking weed all the time, that might be a problem. The other thing is we just can't tell you... Just set a fern on fire or something and just have that burn in. Like... Yeah. Well, we can't tell you too much about it because obviously, um, it's marijuana is illegal here and... So when you try and go on the Instagram page and the website and stuff, you can't, it's like blocked. So you can't see it. It is, it is actually sort of crazy to me that like it, it, this is. So you'd have to be in America to check out the. Well, it says California. So specifically California, but it is so interesting to me that this Hollywood celebrity, is like tying himself to this product that, you know, is. Snoop Dogg's got one as well. Mm. Martha Stewart, maybe. Don't quote me on that. But it must be very lucrative. Um, well, let's get him on the phone. Hey, it's very <laughs> lucrative. Okay, I got to go now. Bye. Well, it was Thank a terrible, you, terrible impression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the accent was either. Um, yeah. The celebrity endorsements are powerful. It's also like his, his brand is so tied to marijuana that people just in- instantly will go well, of course I'm going to buy his weed and they'll just think of him instantly. So I think he stands to make a lot of money from this. So good on him. Yeah. Do it where it's legal. I mean, I think he's actually not even Californian. He's Canadian, but good on him. Yeah. 
Alright, so let's go dark. Megan and Harry. Harry and Megan. Megan and Harry. They've what are, what got, are we discussing with them? They've got grievances to air and they're taking them to Oprah, the big wig. They've gone to the All top. All the way to the top. They've gone to the top. They've tried the Supreme Court. Yeah. They tried the UN. <laughs> and now they've gone, oh. Well, yeah. To well, O-Town. <laughs> Once you've been in the royal and family, Opocalypse. it's only up from there apparently. Um, yeah. The... So I, they're, I they're don't doing even know where to begin. With, yeah. it's, Is it's, it Sunday? It's so it'll be. It's airing in Australia on Monday night, right. seven thirty, Channel Ten. I mean, I don't even know where to begin. Um, there's been some clips released. Um, Megan is now calling the royal family the firm. I don't know if that's a. I don't know if that's like an insulting term to refer to the royal family as the firm. Seems rude. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like she's making fun. So Oprah, you know, she hasn't said heaps in these clips, but Oprah's sort of asked her, like, how, you know, how are they going to feel about you speaking your truth? Very Oprah phrase. Um, and, yeah, she basically said, I don't know why they think when they're... Why, why, I don't know why they think we're going to stay silent. And then she has accused the firm of perpetuating falsehoods about them. <laughs> Is that the word she used? Yeah, she they said... They perpetuated falsehoods. She said, um, there is an active role that the firm is playing in perpetuating falsehoods about us. End quote. Are you sure this isn't from an episode of Suits? It... <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I got confused. and um, Yeah, I was watching Suits. No, it is a bit like a soap opera, isn't it? Um, it's ridiculous, yeah. Sometimes with the Royals stuff, I... I can't believe it's for real. Like, I think oh, they can't possibly care about this stuff so much and, like, how how can they want this drama? But it's it to me it sort of seems like they want the drama. I don't know. Well, you were telling me that ITV in England won't air the Oprah interview if Prince Philip's health gets worse. Yeah, that's a report I read right. that, um, that they said if, yeah, if his condition worsens that they'll yeah they'll pull the interview which is very uk that the the royal worshipping in the uk is strong and we're sort of you know it, it sort of outstrips any other kind of like interest public interest or media yeah. interest in um they own the royals it's like they have ownership over them and their life and they're their public figureheads and yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the public also sort of feel an ownership over the the royals in you know in this sort of loving way that's really hard for people who aren't English to understand. Um, yeah, I mean Prince Philip is ninety nine and he's been in hospital for like over two weeks now. But he had, I mean, he had surgery and they said he it went well. Heart surgery for a pre existing condition. Yeah. yeah, and I think that condition was. Having a heart that's 99 years old, <laughs> that's pre-existing condition. Yeah. And this week, um, in the lead up to the interview, the palace, you know, that went to the Times, it seems, that, and resurfaced these, this bullying allegation from 2018 against Meghan. Yeah. Nonsense. She bullied her staff, apparently. Is that the allegation? Yeah, she reduced palace aides to tears and 
And what and that another aide like it's a few I think it's like three aides and one aide called her cruel, um, and then yeah, but the all the words they use in these reports are literally the types of words that no one uses unless they're in like a castle unless they're in Buckingham Castle. It's always like she was ghastly to me. They're appalled. It was cruel. Like it's all these kind of very old fashioned castle words you'll notice the yeah well, it's very it's very emotional language isn't it sort of yeah. deployed to but old-fashioned emotion yeah well um megan and harry responded to it through their lawyer they told the times of london who published the claims they said your newspaper quote is being used by buckingham palace to peddle a wholly false narrative um so it's a strong statement and then um, a spokesperson also said, let's just call this what it is, a calculated smear campaign based on misleading and harmful misinformation. I mean, fair enough. Yeah. Um, Do you want some other royal news? Yeah. So every day I get a special email from the Express newspaper in the UK. It's the Royal <laughs> Royal Daily Express or something, the Royal Mail Express, and it's a newsletter just chockers of headlines like Princess Diana's controversial £110,000 engagement ring was, in quotation marks, non-unique. That's a story. From today? Yeah, today. This is new news that apparently her ring was non-unique. Non-unique, oh and God. therefore, you know, it was a big controversy. I don't even know what that means. Is <laughs> it that it's like that someone else had the ring? Um, but, yeah, anyway, here's the main story. <laughs> Besotted new mum, Princess Eugenie, makes a wonderful nod to Sarah Ferguson in her video. So, basically, she did an interview for CNBC's Finding Solutions. This is like a proper interview. She's doing it about the Anti-Slavery Collective, which is a charity she works for. She's like, you know, saying some serious stuff. She's talking about slavery, how it's not only like our original, the way we kind of see slavery means that often parts of it are hidden. There's like, you know, it's happening everywhere, basically, in plain sight, is what she's saying. She goes, um, we learnt from them just the extent of what modern slavery is this term that's used and she goes on to talk and then this is how the express covered it body language expert judy james analyzed the new clip of eugenie (laughs) and shared her findings with express.co.uk judy said there's an air of spontaneous chatty informality from eugenie here as she's interviewed about her charity she seems modest too her greeting ritual involves a wide, symmetric, edge-to-edge teeth smile. (laughs) That's her greeting ritual. A wide, symmetric, edge-to-edge teeth smile. I can't deal with it. So she just smiled. She (laughs) smiled. Asked questions, her eyes rise up to the left to suggest recalled memory rather than the more rescripted responses. And after three small eye darts downward, she pushes her friend and her mother forward to share the honours of starting the collective. Then, Anyway, she goes, there's a wonderful moment of reference as Eugenie, Eugenie refers to my mum widening her eyes in acknowledgement that could refer to Fergie's big personality. So that's slavery. 
<laughs> Horrifying. We also watched a recent interview with Prince Harry where he went on The Late Late Show with James Corden. and Oh, yeah, that was really good. It was so good. Um, I mean, I, I suppose this is like a little insight into the future where we're going to see more of Meghan and Harry and they can just sort of do what they want. Um, Harry is awesome when he's just like being Harry. He does seem like he's very anxious, but you would be, I think. It makes sense. He's also with like a comedian who like it's, you'd be thinking, what's he going to do? Like Mm. He just seemed on edge just because of the nature of it, I suppose. I just think he's, he came across as being like slightly (laughs) traumatised in (laughs) general. There is that too. Um, But the, the, he was like, he's with James Gordon for quite a while. The whole segment probably went for like 10 or 15 minutes. Um, And it's very candid and he's just very honest. Um, He... He very openly said talks about why he left, like he stepped back as a senior royal. He said that the British press were destroying his mental health. Um, yeah, that wording was very interesting. Like he was, he was very blunt. He's, he didn't dance around it at all, which I thought was good. No. He also said that he, um, he zooms with the Queen and the Duke. But he's, he, what I found a little bit sad is that he said that he'd only Zoomed with them like once, I think he said once or twice since he moved away, which is not very often. I mean, I think he's been in the US and Canada for about a year, maybe longer. So it's not that many times to Zoom, especially over the pandemic when life is hard. Yeah. It struck me as being a little bit sad. Well, I thought the biggest takeaway from that was when he said that (laughs) Prince Philip... (laughs) doesn't close the Zoom chat. He just like slam shut the laptop when he's finished talking. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> Goodbye, robot. He also said that the Queen asked him what he wanted as a gift and he said he wanted a waffle maker. So she bought him a waffle maker. <laughs> yeah. So She went down to the good guys. <laughs> it's really worth a watch. And then Prince Harry does... Army obstacle course with James Corden. Yeah, and Harry happens. is like really fit. He climbs a rope really fast. It's crazy. So anxious people work out a lot. Yeah, sneaky fit Harry. So <laughs> yeah. those are your big takeaways from Royal News this week. Yep. Um. So yeah, we've really talked about the Royals a lot. So that's probably enough. Yeah. So um, Prince Harry is well fit. Princess Eugenie is. She smiles upon greeting you. Mm. I reckon watch that Oprah interview. Oprah is a boss. She knows what she's doing and she's yeah. not going to mess about. I don't think it'll be very like illuminating though. Oprah's not going to go hard on them. We it's all, all going to be pretty We all know what's happened. We've all seen the crown. We all know what that family is like. I mean, actually, Prince Harry, that's the other thing. He said he likes the crown and he yeah. said it's a pretty accurate representation of what it's like to be in that family. And he said he watches it. He said it's a more accurate representation than the press. Than the press, yeah. That was amazing because he's right. Well, he said it's more accurate because the press um, pretends to be correct and they are wrong. What about this headline from the Express? (laughs) Queen to skirt around inheritance tax through loophole via Prince Charles. So, yeah, (laughs) she won't be paying inheritance tax apparently or, or he won't rather. Well, that's not surprising. Yeah. Um, All right, let's move on. Let's move on. All right, Britney's dad's lawyer has defended him in a video. She's talked to US ABC News. 
basically said he's not a villain. She also released a personal video of Britney as part of the defense. So yeah, let's get into this. Um, so she said, she said in this interview, um, quote, I understand that every story needs a villain. And then she said, people have it so wrong here. This is a story about a fiercely loving, dedicated and loyal father who rescued his daughter from a life-threatening situation. Jamie saved Brittany's life. Um, so that's what the lawyer Viv Vivian L. Thorine said. She also gave this video to US ABC News. And I, I couldn't find the video. It seems like she gave it to them and they did not publish it. They've just described it. Um, which sort of makes sense um, in the circumstances. So they've described this personal clip as um, Brittany running around with her little sister Jamie Lynn and her children and their dad Jamie um, while other family members were hanging out in what appeared to be a park. It says here, what appeared to be a park. <laughs> and it says... Um, I've seen a park. Yeah. <laughs> and then it says, um, the, the lawyer, Miss Thorine, claimed the video was taken during 2020 while the family were all quarantining together in Louisiana. Um, and then it said, and then the lawyer said, in 2020, Brittany and her father had many conversations. And in fact, early on in the pandemic, they spent two weeks with other family members hunkered down in Louisiana. Brittany and Jamie went on long drives together. They played and worked in the family garden. And every night, Jamie cooked Southern comfort food that the family ate and enjoyed together. Um, well, I saw him cook <laughs> cheese grits for Brittany for breakfast on that documentary. And that's all the evidence I need that he's not... an fit father i know it's that's He's not the, fit to run the it's such a horrifying scene in the new in in the new york times documentary that is the most horrifying scene <laughs> yeah and he's proud of it he's, he's got he's, cooking up cheese grits for, for my breakfast for breakfast, for breakfast. You can't cheese serve, slop you can't serve that to a pop star for breakfast no she needs fruit loops she needs a green smoothie she's britney spears yeah she needs Fruits, all, everything organic. Frosties. No. Cocoa Pops, not no. even the puffs, not the cheap she ones. She should be eating things that you and I could never dream of. Organic food, vegetables. It's just, it's, it's, not, it's unconscionable. The other thing about this lawyer is that Brittany is paying for this lawyer. Brittany's paying for everyone involved in this case, pro and anti-Brittany. Like she's, she's funding the entire thing, which is insane. The lawyer, as well as usual... Um, mentions that the that the estate you know went from being worth two point eight million to sixty million dollars. It's U.S. dollars. Something that conserv like the people who are for the conservatorship always bring up doesn't seem to make the conservatorship seem like it needs to be in place though. Well, it makes it redundant because she's earning money and yeah they they touch on this in that new york times documentary which if you didn't see it through the week when it aired on australian tv i implore you to go watch it's very good it's quite short it's only about an hour but in that documentary they kind of point out that they tried to shift the conservatorship to a management type thing because they were saying you know they're basically managing her career and it's a 
like it's Britney Spears Enterprises and it's earning a lot of money. And yeah, and that, it's an incredibly demanding job. It's not really like what any other conservatorship is yeah, like. Yeah, it's basically going, now I'm a talent manager and I'm running this business, which is true, but it's mm. also like that's proof that it's you're not needed. The other... A dis- team of management. The other disturbing that. thing that's pointed out in finding... Sorry, framing Britney Spears. <laughs> finding Britney... No. <Yeah. laughs> framing Britney Spears, is that um, conservatorships are not designed to be reversed. It's not, it's, not the sort of, it's not the sort of legal framework that is wound back. There's no real, um, there's no real examples of that ever being done before. They're, they're set up for people who are incapacitated and have huge personal wealths and need to be protected because yeah like old people who are getting dementia yeah and there's some shark some young guy that goes hey i i mow her lawns and get in her ear about this and she signs not for people who suffer a temporary mental illness and need help so the idea that this could be wound back is very complicated and frightening yeah well they basically have to change the law in order to get around to this Mm. which you know not sure it'll come up on the next Britney Spears album. Um, all right, shall we move on? Sure. Guys, this is the last thing we're going to talk about. Um, yeah. So leave now if you want to beat the traffic. <laughs> the Golden Globes. We're not going to go deep into this. We're not experts on award and ceremonies. And awards I, aren't real. I, I struggle with award ceremonies, especially during the pandemic. It's, Who cares about awards? It's so weird. Let's talk about the weirdness. Did the Mona Lisa win any awards? Mm. Sasha Baron Cohen was the standout for me. What about you? I mean, yeah, he's a standout anyway, but Isla Fisher was a standout for me, sitting next to him as he got his award. <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen. Everyone was calling out the Hollywood Foreign Press Association because they don't have any black members. I mean, everyone was calling him out and good on everyone. Um, I mean, first of all, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, they're, they're a non-profit organization. They're made up of journalists and photographers who report on, on entertainment around the world. They predominantly live outside the US, but they don't have any black members and that's not okay. It's 2021, um, sort yourselves out, but they are elected annually. So it seems like this will be sorted out. By 2022, I mean, I don't know. They if... kind of have to, don't they? It yeah, was but the I don't. The theme of the entire awards show. I don't really know anything about this in depth. I don't know if this was not an issue in 2019. Who knows? Um, or in 2020, but I assume it was. You can. I think you can safely yeah. assume it was. Do your own googling. We're busy. <laughs> um, but I like how Sasha Baron Cohen thanked the all-white Hollywood Foreign Press, good on him, for calling it out. Um, I like how Alza Fisher sat, sit, sat next to him and laughs at all his jokes. They've been together for a long time. She obviously still finds him very funny. Um, Is that Shannon from Home and Away? See, they're not going to bring in a new Shannon <laughs> or she'll get Borat on it. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen was seen swimming at a Sydney beach. Um the day before the awards. It's true. Um, I like seeing Quite him. Quite fit, hey. <laughs> Do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for 
he's fitter than I would have thought he'd be. I mean, I just love that they live in Australia now. It makes me very excited. Yeah, centre of the world now, isn't it? It's Hemsworth has dragged over everyone. Yeah, there's so many celebrities that live in Australia now and Australians are so excited about it. Whenever you talk to an Australian about it, they're palpably excited. It's like, it's big for us. Yeah, loads of people have told me that Zac Efron lives here, which I already knew after the first time I found out, but at least 30 to 40 people have gone. And of course, Zac Efron lives here now. Yeah, it's big for us. It's not like Australians to celebrate those things. Australians like to be tall poppy about most things. But well, Marvel are moving their studio here for five years. Did you read that over the week? Like, uh, yeah, so I did read that. So that suggests that there's going to be a lot more celebrities living here. Mm. I mean, those movies take most of their life. Like, you know, if you sign on for one of those, you sign in on for like it's a 12-year deal or something. It's mm. an insane commitment. It's good news for... Um, it's good news for the industry over here that was hit hard by the pandemic, as it was everywhere, but good for us. Um, good for the boom operators. Good for yeah. the best boys. I mean, last thing I want to talk about from the Globes, not not important stuff, but um, Jason Sudeikis. Um, was high. <laughs> it was, he was in a hoodie. A tie-dye, a tie-dye hoodie. hoodie. <laughs> Which he thought was white. That's how high he was. Um, and he won. Um, he won the Golden Globe for Best Television Actor in a Musical Comedy Series for his show Ted Lasso. Um, <laughs> he beat out Ross from Friends <laughs> when, and the dad from when Fraser. They, when they went to him to give his acceptance speech, he said, oh, wow, do I talk now? <laughs> and then he just, I mean, he had a real Pete Davidson vibe. Um, and he's, <laughs> he started talking about Leo, Leo Tolstoy. And then he rejected the concept. <laughs> he rejected the concept of a be- best actor. <laughs> yeah. What is acting? <laughs> no. If the world is just a stage, then, yeah. He was. He basically... said the best actor is the actor you're acting next to. <laughs> yeah. He was doing the. Have you ever noticed how many lines there are on your hand? No, really. Look, really look though. If there was time machines, then they would have already been invented because someone would have come forward and then back in time, so we'd already know about it. Anyway, thanks to the Hollywood <laughs> Foreign Press. Yeah. Anyway, go check that out on the YouTubes. It's it is some a... hot garbage. <laughs> no, it's it's fresh produce. It's I smart, like it. It's smart thinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I also, people were criticizing him for wearing a hoodie and then they were comparing him to women who wore uh, ball gowns. There was that actor from the Queen's Gambit wore a $2.3 million outfit. Ridiculous. What? Get over it. Guys, I... Get I over really... the Queen's Gambit. Well, we haven't seen it. To be yeah, honest, I'm best guys, at judging get... things I... I haven't seen. I really hoped 2020 people would get over this stuff. I mean... Yeah, just concentrate on the disease killing everyone in the world. Don't worry about his hoodie, but his white hoodie. But people are sitting in their homes in front of a screen. So I don't understand the necessity to pretend. Anyway. The world is a vampire. That's the message here. Some people pointed out that there are different expectations of women and men, which is true. 
That yeah. is true. Um, you can read more about that in Jason's speech, the transcript of which is online. Yeah. Didn't he tackle that? Um, no, he didn't. No. He mainly spoke about Tolstoy. Yeah, I don't want to get into it. But I, I, I see all sides. Um, all right, we'll leave you alone now. Yep, let's go. Thanks for listening to Already Saturday. <laughs> um, remember to follow us on Instagram at Already Saturday. Um, we have a website that you can access through the Instagram. Please subscribe to the show. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. If you want to give us a five-star rating, that would be good. If you want to give us a low rating, just don't do that. We're um, on Stitcher. Yep, Stitcher. What else are we on? Google Play or whatever the We're Google on one all is. The We're on all the podcasts. We're on all the We're on all of them. Um, yeah. Tune in next week when it will be already Saturday again and we can celebrate again. I'll have been on holidays, so I'll be in fine form. And I've been working all week, so I'll be angry and snapping at you and taking everything personally. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Bye.